So I just want you to imagine you are being accused of committing a crime, okay? And of course, the police would investigate, and when they see that you have, there's grounds to charge you, they will charge you, right? And then you're, you're gonna, you need to go to a trial, okay? And of course, there's jurors there, there's the judge, there's the witnesses, and they're all collaborating to see if you are guilty or innocent. And when on the day of the judgment, I'm sure you will be scared, right? Like, what will be the judgment of, of this judge? Because there's power. There's power there in the words of the judge. If the judge will tell that you're guilty, it's not just saying the word guilty. There's an effect in your life, right? You could go to jail. You could pay a hefty fine. It would affect you and your family. It would affect your reputation, all those things. And of course, if you're innocent, then you go on, live your regular life. But there's power in words. Okay, in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 6, it says, Our words have the power to destroy and the power to build up. I'm sure we've all experienced this, right? When we've been affirmed, when we've been encouraged, we were built up. But when some words, some negative words were said towards us, it destroys us, especially when people spread rumors against us, calumny, detraction. It hurts us, right? I'm sure all of us have experienced that, being hurt by our other people because of their words. Words has the power to destroy and the power to build up. In our gospel today, Jesus was teaching in a synagogue. And when he was teaching, the people were, were there were astounded because he was teaching with authority. And Jesus was, is not just like teaching the word of God. He is the word of God. That's why when, we're, when, when they're listening to Jesus, they're being touched. They're being convicted. They're being transformed. And they were amazed. And another manifestation of that, of his, of his power, of his words, when, when this man with unclean spirit came to him and asked him, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And then Jesus just rebuked him. Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing the man and crying with a loud voice came out of him. You see the power of the words of Jesus, that this unclean spirit would obey him and come out of this man. When we see this scene in this, in this gospel, we think of movies like The Exorcist that came out in the 1970s. For those who are younger, maybe you remember this movie, The Exorcism of Emily Rose that came out in 2005. And we think that, oh, this kind of exorcism of expelling spirits are just for extreme cases. Doesn't apply to me. Okay, I'm good. I'm, I'm a believer, I come to church. But no, there are some less extreme cases wherein people 
are being oppressed by spirit. And that's why the Lord wants to deliver us from this spirit. And we call this deliverance. And there's a difference between exorcism and deliverance. Exorcism in the, cat in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 1673, it says, it is a liturgical rite performed only by a bishop or by a priest with the permission of the bishop through the special authority that Jesus entrusted to his church. And, these, and the people who need exorcism are the individuals who are possessed, possessed by evil spirits, and they are very confrontational. But there's other less extreme cases that needs deliverance. And I think majority of us needs to go through deliverance. And deliverance is being done by any faithful, all of us, of course, with some training, any faithful through their baptismal authority in Christ. We do deliverance by praying for people who are distressed, oppressed, okay? And, uh, and wish to heal emotional wounds, including those caused by evil spirits. How many of you here were at the night of worship of ministry last Friday and hear the talk of Father Roger? Okay, he gave a wonderful talk. You know, as you know, Father Roger is a great, great preacher. And he was talking about spiritual breakthroughs. And he said there's blocks, blocks for us to experience that spiritual breakthrough that the Lord wants us to have. And he cited some example, lies that we believe in, resentment towards other people, fear, okay? And I would add to that emotional wounds or any form of addiction. And I truly believe that for us, for us to experience a spiritual breakthrough, we need to undergo inner healing and deliverance. In the inner healing, that's where you use the name of Jesus to renounce the lies that we've been believing in. Renounce those spirit. What kind of spirit? Spirits of lust, anger, guilt, shame, self-hatred. All those spirit, right, needs to be expelled. Also, those who are in addiction, a good way for them to have a spiritual breakthrough is through a 12-step program. I've seen lives transform when they go through a 12-step program, they were delivered from this obsession to alcohol, to pornography, right? To uh, overeating, over shopping, all those things. They've been delivered. That's because a 12-step program is a spiritual program. When people go through the 12-step program, they experience a spiritual breakthrough, okay? And of course, uh, all of us have been wounded emotionally when we were growing up. Anyone here not, emo not wounded emotionally when we were growing up? I, I would just like to know. Okay, okay. Uh, so I could say all of us, right? All of us have been wounded emotionally uh, to family, to our family of origin, to other people, right? And, uh, and, and for me, I was, I was, because of the wounds that I experienced from my family of origin, I was having uh, a lot of fear, fear of failure, 
fear of rejection. Also, sometimes I couldn't control my emotions when I'm in a di disagreement or conflict with another person. I would have like an emotional outburst. I couldn't control it, right? I don't want to hurt other people, but it's just like, just comes out. So I told this to another person, and this person told me, Father, I think you need to go through inner healing. And I've done inner healing in the past, but I think I need more inner healing right now, okay? And, uh, and when we talk about the harms done from our family origin, I would just like to make it clear that we don't want to dishonor our parents. We want to honor them, but at the same time, we need to acknowledge the harm that they've done, okay? And maybe we only receive 30% of what we need. But maybe the reason behind that is because they only also have 30%. But we need to believe that they gave 100% of what they have to us. And we don't have any perfect parents. No, no parents are perfect, okay? So we want to honor them, but at the same time, we need to uh, acknowledge the harm that has been done. And for my parents, they were very critical and hard towards us children. And I think the reason behind that is that they want us not to fail. They want us to succeed in our, in our education, in our career, in our life. But in the process, we were harmed. They say, there's a study that says that for every criticism that you receive, you must get five compliments. Okay? One, the ratio is one to five. Well, I experienced the opposite. I experienced five criticism to one compliment. So you see the harm done? That's why when I was like growing up, there was a lie that I was believing that I am not good enough. And there was a strive, a strive to, to perform, strive to, to please people, strive to be perfect. And it's so tiring because, of course, I can't be perfect, right? I can't be perfect. And I can't please people. Some of you here, you know, you're not pleased with me, right? It's okay, right? So it's tiring. And, uh, and what happened there was that my self-work, I'm basing it on performance. And I remember JP2 saying uh, John Paul II, he says, we are not the sum of our failures and weaknesses. We are the sum of the Father's love in us. Our self-worth not, should not be based on performance, but on God's love to us. That's why we need to renounce those lies and spirits, right? And address those lies with the truth. And, and I went to this inner healing uh, session with, with two facilitators, and during the inner healing session, I just felt the strong presence of my deceased parents. They, I, I felt their presence there. And it's as if that they were telling me that they're, they're asking for my forgiveness, for the harm that they've done to me. And that really helped me to be able to forgive them, okay? And in that inner healing session, I was asked by the facilitator to ask for the truth. So I went to that inner healing session and asked for the truth. 
and I saw, and I asked for a, uh, an, an image, and I got this prophetic image. God gave me this this gift with a beautiful wrapping, but damage. So I I was able to open it up, and see the the, the gift is inside the box. So I opened the box, and when I opened the box, I saw this precious, very precious gem. So I asked the Lord, Lord, what's the interpretation of this? The, the damage wrapping is my imperfection, my flaws, my deficiencies, my weaknesses, my sinfulness. But that precious gem symbolizes my intrinsic value as the child of God. Now, can I ask you, if I accidentally drop the, the, the precious gem to the, to, to the toilet, does it lose its value? Yes or no? No. If I accidentally drop it and covered with mud, people stepped on it, does it lose its value? No. It's always value, valuable, right? That's why no matter, that's why whoever we are is more important in what we do, okay? That's why for me, you know, when I'm, when I'm preaching, all I have to do is just do my best to preach, and when this preaching turns out a lousy sermon, it should not bother me, right? It should not bother me because my value is in who I am, not in what I do. So two, two weeks ago, uh, I was uh, in Detroit with my companion's brother, Priest. Uh, we're doing this uh, study days. And it was the Encounter School of Ministries who gave that, that teaching. And they, they gave teachings about healing, the prophetic, right? And of course, after each teaching, we have activation. We have to activate what we've learned. So we've, we were paired, uh, so we were paired among each other. So I was paired with a seminarian who doesn't know me that well because we didn't live together. So the instruction is that we ask for a word from God for this person, okay? So we ask for a word, and this seminarian told me, Father, I have two words for you. Not one, two. Two words. A double portion, I guess, for a priest. <laughs> so he said two words, proud and satisfied. Proud and satisfied. When I heard that, it brought back a lot of memories from the past because I, I felt when I was growing up, my parents were ashamed of my lack of success. And they were not satisfied of the achievements that I had in life. So what happened there was that God was reversing. He is now reversing the harm done by my parents to me that he is telling me that he is proud of me and he is satisfied with me. So the, this prophetic image and that prophetic words that were given to me, I experienced a breakthrough, okay? I experienced a breakthrough. As I said, right now, I think I, need, I still need to undergo more inner healing and deliverance. But right now, I could say I have a better handle of my emotions when I'm in conflict or in disagreement with people. I have lesser fear of failure. And also, I have a better acceptance of who I am. 
Okay? And that's a spiritual breakthrough. And uh, there's power in declaring the truth. In this inner healing session, you will be given like an assignment to declare the truths for 30 days. Okay? And there are reasons, three reasons why declarations of truth are so powerful. The first reason is that declarations have power to strengthen us in our weakness. In Psalm 27, verse 1, it says, The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Imagine, like if you're experiencing weakness and you're declaring this truth, it will strengthen you, right? Okay. The second reason, declaration can direct the course of our lives. James 3, verse 4, it says, Like ships guided by small rudder, the tongue guides our lives. Okay? It guides our lives. Whatever comes out of our mind, it guides our lives. The third reason is that declaration can confirm and seal our belief. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 20, it says, Confess with your lips and believe in your heart. So the more that you declare, the more that you will come to believe. So on top of this declarations, that I, declarations of truth that I have to do for 30 days, I also added something. In the morning, before I start my day, I say this to myself, and I hope you don't laugh, okay? I say this to myself, Ken, you are a wonderful human being. You are handsome. <laughs> now, I told you not to laugh. You are intelligent, talented, capable, and you have a lot to offer. You are loving and a precious child of God. You look the way you need to look. You weigh what you need to weigh. I love you very much. So I start my day with that. And in the evening, I say something to myself. Ken, even if you did not accomplish all the things that you planned and you did things imperfectly, I love you anyway. So I really encourage you, do something like this. Compose something that you need to say to yourself because when you are saying this to yourself, it is reversing the negative script that we've had growing up. What are the negative script? I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. I'm worthless, right? I'm a failure. All these negative scripts that we've had, and it needs to be reversed. And when you're declaring this truth, the more you declare, the more you will believe. So, in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I'll repeat it again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. There is power in the declaration of truth. So all I ask is that when you come to prayer, ask the Lord, Lord, what are those blockages? What is blocking me to experience a spiritual breakthrough? Okay? 
Ask the Lord. And I really encourage you to go through inner healing and deliverance here at St. Mary's. We're so blessed. Uh, we have a lot of like Encounter School of Ministries students here and graduates who were trained to do inner healing and deliverance. Go through an inner healing deliverance, right? So that you, you, you use the powerful name of Jesus to renounce those lies and those spirits and declare the truth. And the truth will set you free. You will experience a spiritual breakthrough. You will experience restoration, wholeness. You will experience more freedom, love, joy, and peace. <music>